When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Nile and Nine podcast. It is myself, Nile and Andre Cleary. And we're back and we're back and we're back and we're back. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm back. <laughs> I don't good. sound like a piece of shit this week. So we avoided that. Um, I had COVID and no one had to hear about it. <laughs> so Sorry about that. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I'm largely better now. So that's why we weren't here. Better. Sorry to hear you got COVID. I mean, I I had it in February. It sucks, but sure. Look, now it's now it's now it's done. Yeah, and uh, now I'm super somebody, immune for three months. Yeah, at least had somebody to share it with as well, which is also yes. Annoying. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's okay, but as somebody who, when I'm sick, likes a little fuss, um, it's quite hard to no get a little fuss <laughs> when the other person is also really sick. So. I, I did feel a bit shortchanged on the whole, oh. I'm I'm sick right now, somebody make a little foster to me. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, just a little, oh, here's a blanket. And, Do you need anything? When actually the pair of us were just lying around. But it was fine. It was good. It was good to have company for it because we both got it, like symptoms on the same day sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, much. that's something you were synchronized. So we were, we were synchronized. Yeah. So. Better do it that way than have a, a sequentially happening in the house. Which oh is what God, we no, had that here. would be the worst. God. Yeah. 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 No bad times, but we're here to talk about good times because we're yeah. here to talk about the best music of March, 2022 and the things that have made us feel good this month musically and, uh, other things non-musically that, you know, are important to us and, uh, we enjoyed. Um, so it's like a, a new tune disco we're going to throw at each other. Yeah, and, uh, and all my songs are start. sad. Yeah, okay, well, well sad, they're not, sad they're not and, but they're all... <laughs> sad, sad girl, mm, spring? They're um, all women, sorry. actually, I just realized. All my songs are women. And albums. 
Big week for the um, girls on Andrea's side of the playlist this week. <laughs> Sorry, lads. Uh, I only have one lad on this. Um, yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. And um, I need, I need to so. And he's lucky you to be included. See Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He's a great lad. Yeah, no. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, that'll be much later in the show. But um, uh, before I do, we haven't been around for a couple of weeks, but that's okay. And um, we're back now, and we'll be we'll be back firing on all cinders. And if you want to support us and what we've been doing, what I've been doing when we haven't been talking to you is uh, working on the website, com. I'm always doing that. And uh, I came back from a talk today, Andrea, from Ooh. in the university. It's something that does hasn't happened for well, many years. Da. Mr. Ivory Tower. Yeah, so <laughs> um, it's 909.com. It's patreon.com forward slash 909 if you want to support the uh, what we do. So uh, do appreciate that. Anything you can do to help out is always appreciated. Help but we are here to talk about rub shoulders with the elite. That's what you're helping them do. The Absolutely. elite? Just academics. Yeah, the academic <laughs> elite in Manute, mm. was it? Minute, yeah, and it was good. Yeah, and Toner Quinn said hello. Good, it was a good chat. We had a good chat about music and employability, um, because you know Yikes. people have to think about these things. And uh, it, I thought it was good. I was I was representing the person who was coming from a non-academic background, and that's very much my vibe uh, because yeah. I'm did it all myself. And we're, we're he pulled himself up about? by his bootstraps, and he made he it did. happen. He is the American dream. Anyway, I am the Niall, American dream. Will I tell you about my first my first <laughs> this song? Is all, for this this week. has all gone off the rails already. Yeah. <laughs> tell me quick. Save me from myself. <laughs> I will save you from yourself. And Angel Olsen will save save ourselves from ourselves. Um this is a new track from Angel Olsen. Thank God she's back. I have missed her. Um this is called All the Good Times. More good times. That's Angel Olsen with All the Good Times, which is the opening track from her upcoming album, Big Time, which is going to be out on the 3rd of June. And I've been listening to this song to death um, since it was released a couple of days ago. I love the... Yesterday, wasn't it? Was it yesterday? Well done. It it feels like longer because I've just been playing it so much. Um, I love the sort of slow burn of it. I love her 
her kind of two vocal registers in the harmony. I think she has that kind of lower register, sultry kind of sound. And then she also has those kind of, you know, really high, really high pitched um, notes in there as well. And I just think it's a really lovely restrained song um, that when it does kick in at that, at that big moment, it's just off oh, the drums and the the brass and it just it all sounds so, so so wonderful and I think this is my favorite kind of songwriting from Angel Olsen, which is just that bit more um maybe pared back isn't the right word, but because it's not quite the the early, you know, the just just the acoustic guitar kind of sound, but certainly showing a lot of restraint and a lot of kind of push and pull in terms of the dynamics and yeah I think it's I, I think it's a wonderful wonderful song and it's made me quite giddy um about hearing the new album I'm really really excited and about seeing her she's going to be playing in uh October is that right in Vicar Street October 24th in Vicar Street yeah, yeah. so um so very excited once again yeah to see her I've never seen her live um so no, no, never. I don't think so. Yeah. No, um. So very much looking forward to that, and looking forward to the album. Um, I'm or I'm already anticipating it being, you know, a big, big album. Um, so I hope that it is. Yeah, well, I guess she did make that kind of big, big album last. That time was too big. All mirrors. We we didn't. Yeah, exactly. We didn't find think, how big that was. Um, and we've talked before about like Angel Olsen and the kind of stuff that I seem to like anyway mm. from Angel Olsen and it's always been the quieter more pared back more uh, minimal kind of simplistic stuff and yeah. that's not and not to uh, downgrade her songwriting in any way because no it's it's very difficult to write doing. a simple song that's the thing yeah, to make it to make it sad effective and I think she's always done that so well um, and she's done it with with minimal uh, amount of sonics um, in lots of ways where I think, uh, yeah, um, All Mirrors from 2019 was a bit more of a, a leap in that way. It was reaching for something mm. grander. It's much and- bigger, much more orchestral, much grander. And I think there were there were times on that album where she sounded great and the whole thing worked. But I think it was more that it didn't work over a kind of a, a longer format of, of an album. Whereas I think I vibed a lot better with the follow-up album, Whole New Mess, that came out in 2020, um, because I I just got the chance to kind of hear her within it again. And and like you said, those kind of, those simple songs that with these, you know, just paired back, good melody, good harmonies, good lyrics. That's, that's what she's good at. I don't think she needs all of this Fandango. 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 <laughs> I'd Fandango. love to see Andrea, the producer in the studio. She just turns, swings around in her swivel chair, and goes, we "Lads, we don't need any of this Fandango." Okay, <laughs> there's a bit too much Fandango in the room. Um, I, I watch the commitments on Paddy's Day, then maybe that's where that's where I'm getting that from. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, but um, nice. but yeah, I love, love, love this from Angel Olsen. So excited to just have her back in my life um i'm a huge huge fan of hers so yeah it's great stuff great i'm looking forward to hearing this um too yeah absolutely and um tickets are on sale for the dublin and the tour in general in europe 
Um, Dublin, 24th of October, go Manchester, Edinburgh, Bath, London, Amsterdam, Paris, Cologne, Copenhagen, all on sale this Friday, so you can check that out. Um, my first choice this week is a album. Um, and I'll be honest, so, I mean, look, maybe it's not a surprise to anyone who knows me that we're talking about Rosalia, right? But, like... Um, the third album from Rosalia came out uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it's called Moto Mami, and uh, I didn't like this on first listen at all. Um, but I've since given it a lot more time, and um, I'm really loving it now. So I'm going to play oh, a great. bit of a track uh, from track two. I haven't heard anything called... from from this album. Okay, so uh, well, this is track two. It's called Candy, and uh, here's the sound of it. <laughs> Okay, that's Rosalia Motomami. It's a long album in ways of it's actually not that long. It's forty two minutes, but it's sixteen songs. It's got a, it's very diverse. It's got a lot of different sounds. It's kaleidoscopic in lots of ways. Her second album, El Malquera, was her breakthrough album, and that was the one that kind of you know took her flamenco style and made it, brought in R and B sounds and pop sounds and made it. Um, I mean, for me, certainly the first time I'd ever listened to a flamenco album in the way that uh, I, I really wanted to go back and revisit it. It was a modernization. It was showing flamenco music through a prism of modern music. And I really fell in love with it, but I also fell in love with her voice. And I think that's the main um, thing here, even though, you no. Know, for the last three years, like Rosie hasn't, hasn't gone away at all. She yeah. has spent a lot of time doing um collaborations with people she's done a lot of things in the last couple of years you know she's been also genuinely moving away from that kind of she does uh, come back to a kind of futuristic flamenco kind of sound and she has done in the past but she's definitely brought in more hip-hop um she's done more reggaeton stuff and we talk about a bit about that in um about why that might be a criticism that's been leveled at her so has um collaborated with the likes of arca and one of tricks point never um what the is the, the criticism of her using reggaeton i ask well it's a new i think it's it's difficult to is understand. it that it's not hers to use or well yeah because she's she's a spanish artist but she's not uh she's a hispanic but she's not a latina artist mm. and but i mean there's, there's for, been a lot of reggaeton inspired pop 
like reggaeton has kind of entered the the pop sphere and i haven't seen it leveled against many other yeah i don't know i I mean i I think we had this similar discussion with uh i'm a piano last year Mm. when you know the likes of georgia smith did an i'm a piano song and people were like well you're not allowed to do that because you're not but i think the thing she's not she wasn't bringing in somebody but she was she had a producer who was doing stuff i think as far as i'm aware and I'm a piano producer. Not like ripping them off. She's collaborating. Same with Rosalia was collaborating on some of the songs here. It's like a Dominican genre called Bacata, which is one of the uh, songs, the biggest song from this album, which is features The Weeknd. It's the sweetest thing that The Weeknd has sung in, in a long, long while. It's called La Fama. It's a beautiful song. But this, it, the genre itself of music is uh, Dominican. Um, but she also has collaborated with a, a, a Dembo um, artist, who uh, called uh, Takisha, and she is from uh, Dominica as well. And and that's she's on the album, she's on the track. Um, same with uh, sampling. The first song in the album is called Seako. It's a reggaeton sample of Daddy Yankee, and you know that's a that's you know a sampled a sample that's been cleared and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I think it's it's hard for me to understand. Well, not to understand, but I can understand the criticism. But I don't know if it's really fair yet i don't know i haven't really decided there is a our um on our discord which you can get access through through patreon um uh we were talking today just about uh there's an episode of the new york times podcast which i haven't heard yet but it's, it does address some of this stuff okay. so i'm looking forward to hearing that, to that because i'm yeah i kind of remember this came out in 2020 when she started doing more hip-hop and reggaeton style music and this was something that was level at her um a lot but i think you know i don't it's it's hard it's very nuanced and it's hard to say i don't think she's doing it disrespectfully and i think she is doing it with collaborators who are from those genres as well yeah but other people feel like she is i saw one thing that in the article that was like she's collecting um genres like infinity stones <laughs> so yeah. i don't know i don't know it's hard to know but i, I know. think yeah it, that doesn't seem that fair i don't know i i, I Obviously, not neither of us are from you know either community here, but I mean, re- re- reggaeton is an incredibly um, popular genre of music. In kind yeah. of, I and it's 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 crossed over kind of to the west as well. So I I, I don't know if yeah. it's it, I, I kind of feel I, like I, it's I find a- it interesting that Ro- Rosalia is somebody who's kind of getting criticism leveled at her when I've seen kind of countless white artists use, mm. u- use similar, you know, tactics in their, in their music and it's not leveled against them. You know, she, I think she, she has said this, she told Rolling Stone last year. Um, one of the reasons why, you know, she wants to, she wanted to uh, address certain genres that, pedal like um macho bravado and misogynist uh, music and language and she told uh, rolling stone i haven't always found female figures who write in a raw way particularly in music or spanish folk music it's easier to find those figures in english music rather than spanish music i also believe it's not only a reggaeton issue it's a reflection of society this is happening in music because there's something happened at a social level in the real world so she says she, like the seoko the first song uh, is very much um a statement of that kind of uh, idea. I'm very much me. I transform. I'm a butterfly. I transform. I contradict myself. I'm everything. I transform. And 
I do think because it's a Spanish woman bringing her, um, she is a very futuristic minded and melting pot artist anyway, the way she brings all of these sounds in and Motomami is a a departure from her previous work as well, because it does, I think it more, it is dizzying in its styles over 16 tracks. And that's the first thing when I first listened to it, I was like, this is all over the place. I just didn't get it. I was like, well, I wasn't, I was like, this doesn't seem that good. It seems like it's trying to load the different things mm. and it wasn't really working. But the more I actually got into it, the more I was like, well, this makes a lot of sense because, well, first of all, it's that incredible voice that she has. And it is like first rate, top, top of the charts kind of uh, voice that is, has so much depth and feeling in it. And you can't fake that. And I think somebody like that doing this kind of music and, and doing pop music, but also doing like hip hop and reggaeton and all that kind of stuff. This is what modern pop music is. So in a way, I I don't really understand the full extent of the criticism or if it even is, or even it is a few people on TikTok who are being picked out. Yeah, uh, that was my next question. Like, is is this criticism coming from um, a kind of a a place of, um, like, is it coming from somewhere that is, verifiable or is it is it one of those things where it's like people have lashed out against so and so for such and such and yeah there's so much of that at the moment you know it's like four people on twitter or something so yeah okay well i know nothing about it um but i will look into it um well certainly i I, i'm gonna look into it more as well but because i did in 2020 and i was like well okay i get it but also i don't get it but also i think what she's doing um is it kind of transcends what they're talking about because she's not simply making reggaeton songs or you know she's not trying to muscle in on a genre uh without bringing something to it and i think Mm. isn't that what music is all about like we learn from each other we learn from other ideas is this an example like okay i hate to be this person but is this an example of like the the way that the political discourse has gone in terms of you know, we talk about, oh, well, you can't say this, you can't do that, you can't do that. Is this the same kind of um, argument or discourse that we're having around music, which is suddenly mm. um, become enlightened by uh, other discourses in yeah. in popular culture? And well, I mean, we've, we've been having like, this conversation since Graceland, you know, like about kind of cross-cultural collaboration. When is it? Yeah. Uh, when is it appropriation? When is it not? You know, and I'm since before Graceland, you know, and, and sometimes it is appropriation, but I, I would be very reluctant to look at a Latin woman performing and writing music. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't feel, I feel like if this was Christina Aguilera, wow, wow what a modern artist to choose there if this was Billie Eilish or you know <laughs> Christina yeah. Aguilera you know I, th- I I think the conversation might be a little bit different but yeah I, don't know. I think R- to somebody Rosalia, like, really? I don't know two 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 people uh, like us who are you know we're from Ireland we speak English we are white sometimes Irish yeah we are very white people but um, <laughs> um but like there's a difference between hispanic and uh, latin as well yeah. and she's hispanic and we maybe that's not as obvious to us yeah perhaps um as uh, people who live um uh, in spain or who live in puerto rico or somebody like somewhere yeah, like that where absolutely. the 
a, a, a genre like reggaeton is uh, popular, but at the same time, you you gotta you. I'm also learning so much. I used to never, I never would listen to reggaeton, and now I'm like, I find because of what the way that Rosalia does it, I'm I'm thrilled and fascinated by it, and mm-hmm. I, I really like what she does with it, and that's the point because she's she's doing something different with it to me, and she's doing something different even still with flamenco. There's a track on this yeah. called. Uh, Bulieras, which is the four track on it, and she's doing something really, really cool with this kind of. It almost sounds like something you might, <laughs> like some sort of futuristic West Side Story. You might, you might hear it in. Yeah. Also doing great stuff um, throughout the whole album. I really don't think it's a bad song on this album. There's beautiful melodies on it. Oh, course, what was it that? Um, and was it the that that put you off it initially? Was it that there was kind of just too many jumps around in genres, and, and then you, yeah. you found a way in that way? Was it? Well, it just felt like some of it, like even Sayoko, that song, that reggaeton song that people have been criticizing has kind of like a real jazz interlude in it. Mm. And you're like, well, because she's talking about being transformative and, you know, pulling things and being a butterfly. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's the whole other aspect because she's being sings in Spanish because she sings in Spanish. Like, I actually don't know what mostly she's singing about yet because Mm -hmm. I haven't gone deep into those lyrics yet and I haven't translated them. But I do know that the way she approaches these things, it's like she'll sing a flamenco song and talk about, you know, Versace at the same time. Just like the kind of things you don't really fe- hear about in a flamenco song. Sure. So I really like the way she addresses these things and she does these. And the songs absolutely stand up to it. They're absolute bangers. Like there's there's so many great, beautiful songs. And there's also deep, um, lovely, gentle, quiet ballads as well. And there's bits in between. There's a track with Pharrell and I think on those terms you're like this is an album that is has a lot of depth to it and I think because of that that's why I keep coming back to it Um, Mm -hmm. you know it is one of those things that I know I'm going to be listening to in the next few months and that is what I look for in a really good album I look for there's depth there's replayability here there's uh, big moments, there's small moments. It's got a lot for me uh, to come back to, and center of it all is the the voice, and that's yeah. that's the main thing for me. Um, here's another bit of a track called Hentai, from which is track uh, six on the album. So another beautiful melody on this one. Okay, that is a very sweet song with a very uh, dirty title. <laughs> it's part of <laughs> uh, Japanese uh, porn animation. But uh, yeah, I don't think the lyrics are quite as uh, PG. Uh, Imagine they were. Imagine the lyrics time. are just absolute dirt. Oh, bit, I think they are. They're, oh, are they're they? fairly dirt. Like, they're yes. fairly dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I, yeah, I like the sound um, of that song. I like hearing her voice kind of that floats. Yeah. We, we, should, we should have a look into... Um, we should maybe think about doing an episode at some point soon. Um, 
about the effect that the production on Billie Eilish's vocals is having on <laughs> female singers in pop music generally, because they're all very close to the mic these days. And I, yeah. I would argue that that's probably Billie's influence. And a nice influence, because it gives a little bit of an ASMR kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, oh, also, I, meant, I forgot to mention that Candy actually samples Archangel by Burial. Um, I forgot to mention that. Oh, there we go. Um, the trivia for you. Yes. So, okay. My next choice is a song um, by an artist whose album is actually out, but I haven't had a chance to listen to the full album yet, but I like this song. This is Fever by Aldous Harding. That's Fever by Aldous Harding, released from her album Warm Chris, um, which is a weird album title. My brother's name is Chris, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> oh he's okay. warm, wherever he is. Um, yeah, this album snuck up on me. I didn't know it was released. I thought, I thought she had just released the, uh, the, the two singles, but very excited to, to get stuck into it. Um, I really like this tune. I think it's nice and kind of bouncy and playful. Um, while at the same time being quite warm as well. Um, and I think her, her vocals are really great on this. They're a little bit more, there's something a bit more, um, I don't know, warm about them or something. Um, and I love the sound of the, the, the brass in it as well when it comes in. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a lovely, lovely song. I'm excited to dive into the album, which you, you've had a, you've dipped your toe. Um, I in, have, yeah. yeah. What's your, what's your kind of first month. impressions anyway? I really enjoy it. I'm yeah. in the same vein that I enjoyed um, Pompeii by Cat Laban. I yes. find uh, I, I always pair these artists together. Maybe, I don't know if it's because I had a playlist with the two of them together or they just kind of sit in the same place in my head. They're kind of both very liminal songwriters. They do for they me too. Have, they're both, they're yeah, both They have a kind odd. of singular <laughs> intensity to them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. They're, they're a bit off kilter or a bit, a bit odd. Mm. <laughs> Maybe just odd. Um, yeah, I really like what I've heard here and certainly dialing back the intensity in terms of vocals um, mm. here, which I think works really well. And uh, yeah, I've just been enjoying it. Uh, made with John Parrish and uh, so a fairly prolific artist, Aldous Harding as well. I think yeah. when I'm really in that mood for that kind of music, that kind of um, music that puts you in a different plane, uh, Aldous Harding and Catalan would be two I'd reach for uh, very um obviously for me anyway 
um, is playing the National Concert Hall, but not April 2022, 2023. Uh, long, <laughs> long, long time away. away. Yeah. Yeah, I had to check that because I was like, oh, that's a year. That's over a year away. Yeah, same okay. with uh, with self-esteem, right? May 2023. I was like, oh, yay. February. February, February is it? Yeah. 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 I, as I joked on Twitter yesterday, only 334 days to go. I to know. The yeah. Because I remember I, I had tickets to her gig when she played in the Workman's and then I got too scared because of COVID. So I sold them, um, which I don't actually regret. I thought I would, but I don't because um, I would have been scared. Um, but I will be very, very happy to see her playing. Uh, she, is she playing the Olympia? It's the Olympia, yeah. yeah. And do you know what? Um, <clears throat> I enjoyed the Workman's gig, but it, the stage was still too small for her. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the production and the uh, dancers and everything that she has, I don't. I think it'll it benefits a bigger stage. I think so too. I'm saying I, that at the time. I still follow her on uh, on Instagram, and I've seen you know clips of her performing on bigger and bigger stages now, which is amazing to see. Um, and you can tell that she's very much kind of rising to to that space and you know i mean even when she was on those smaller stages she had four or five backup dancers and singers and stuff so it's it, it's fitting that she'll that she'll be playing a stage like the Olympia. so yeah looking forward to that great okay that was aldous, Har- aldous harding and the song was called fever from the album warm chris so my next choice is a song it is from a artist from Ireland, from Tala, who's now based in London. Her name is Spider, and uh, she had an EP out last week called COA, which stands for Coming of Age. This is a song call it, uh, called uh, You Get High, I Get Nothing. So Spider song is called You Get High, I Get Nothing. And last year, Spider had a song out called I'm Fine, I'm Good, I'm Perfect. I believe we talked about it at this at some point last year. Um, and it was a really cool uh, song. I um, first heard of uh, Spider, who 
originally released uh, a song in 2019 uh, under the name Jen. Um, and that was a, I think it was a song called Star Sign. And then changed the name to Spider, released a song called Water Sign. Then I'm Good, I'm Fine, I'm Perfect. It was one of my favorite songs of last year. So it's really nice to hear this. Uh, Spider's just 22 years of age uh, and shared a bit of, uh, well, with the last release last year, last week, with the release last Friday, uh, shared a bit of backdrop about um, her coming of age, which includes um, being raised as a black Irish woman from a Nigerian Catholic family. She says she struggled to fit in with expectations and wasn't allowed to go to gigs by her family, which uh, she ultimately rebelled against by moving to London at the age of 18. After finding her voice uh, online in communities with stand culture and uh, love in love with artists like Lord Halsey and MIA, um, Spider decided to make her own music. And interestingly, because this is something that's going to come up with the next artists as well, um, she says the racial pigeonholing of male producers who took one look at her and assumed she'd be there to make R and B was the reason that she actually started making her own music because she presumed they just presume that's what she wanted to do. And it's something that our next artist will also talks about and something that is probably worth exploring on a further, on a deeper level um, soon, because it's something I've heard a lot about uh, lately. And I'm sure I've been guilty of it as well, because, you know, it is something that happens. Um, so uh, of the title of that song and, and EP, uh, Spider says, activities like drinking and partying are tagged as coming of age, when white kids do it, but demonize when kids of color do it. We deserve the right to experience our youth and find ourselves. Uh, coming of age is what it's felt like for me. My, my hope is that other people of color will listen to it, hear a situation they've been through, and may become their own coming of age moment. Uh, musically, there's something a bit different going on here. I really like the vibe of it. I don't really know how to describe it, and that's what makes me excited about this. It's like... It doesn't sound like indie. It doesn't sound like electronic. It sounds a bit of everything, but I'm, I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Mm. Um, but I'm really enjoying what I'm hearing from Spider. So that is, uh, yeah, one to check out the mixtape, or it's a, I think it's five tracks on it. It's called Coming of Age, COA. So just Spider. And that's it. Cool. Um, my next choice is by Amy Michelle. It's called Welcome to the Sidelines. And it sounds like this. That's Amy Michelle. She was one of my ones to watch for 2022 when I chose some uh, earlier in the year. And I think she's great. Um, she's uh, 22 years of age. And I think she's really honed her style when it comes to her vocals and her production. I think there's definitely more than a little bit of that um, 
Billie Eilish whispered vocals close to the mic that I mentioned earlier. Um, <clears throat> and alongside that, really pretty melodies and um, a little bit of an edge. I think if you slightly change the production on this track, it could be a Phoebe Bridgers song uh, very easily. And I just, I just really like her sound. I really like her style. I like her vibe. I like how she, she has a presence on Twitter, but I don't think she looks after it. There's not very much going on on the on the Amy Michelle Twitter account that isn't just you know, Amy will be playing this or here's a new single. Uh, there's I don't know. I get I, there's just a kind of a sense of mystery around her. Um, when I first started listening to her, she only had like two songs up on her, um on her Spotify page. Um, I think she now has six, um, no album release just yet, but, um, all six of those tracks are great. Um, she also has a Fontaine's DC cover on YouTube that I go and listen to quite often. Um, it's, it's excellent. It's really, really, really good. Um, and yeah, so she is playing, um, I believe Smock Alley Theatre on May 17th. Um, and tickets oh, are available really? now. So what's that for? Um, just for herself, I think. Let me, That's the vibe. Let me check. I Very mean, I, I I had to find Sorry, it. Sorry, it is May 17th. I just saw it there yeah. on, the, on her page. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, so I think that would definitely be an, an interesting, um, interesting gig to go to see because I've no doubt that she'll be playing you know, bigger venues than that in, in, in no time mm. at all. I really, really like her sound. Um, oh, that was announced eight hours ago. Well, that makes sense. There Why you I go. Didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, not a computer eight hours ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think she's great. Um, and kind of, I, I keep a similar eye on her as I, as, as I was with kind of with Kinsey, who has a, a, a different sound, but a similar vibe, I want to say. Same with Last Apollo as well. There's kind of, there's a younger generation of, of women who are de- definitely, you know, inspired by more, mm. definitely more like American, uh, maybe 90s sounds, kind of a little bit grungy, but putting, put, putting quite an overtly feminine lilt on it, which I really like. Um, and I think she sounds cool and is cool. Yeah, this is um, something that very quickly developed, and I think it's actually been bubbling for a while. Mm. Uh, the manager, James, who also manages Kojak, sent me this um, in July, the Fontaine's cover in July. Mm. I was very impressed by that at the time, but very much a minimal presence online at that time, even. Yeah. But you can see, if you look at her, like her Instagram is, the dominant colours are purple. <laughs> Yeah, and black, and even that. <laughs> you know that, what? It's a very clear aesthetic. DC video, like it, I think when I, I I wrote about it, um, you know, there's there's kind of there's teddy bears everywhere. There's there's band posters on the wall. It's a very kind of like very specific teenage girl aesthetic, but kind of the way that Gen Z passed that through this this lens of nostalgia for early 2000s late 90s culture like like fluffy photo frames do you know like does that does that mean anything (laughs) like it's it's a specific way that my room was when I was that age the things are you know those like plastic bubble chairs and stuff there's there's a definite aesthetic 
um, that has yeah. kind of spawned out of, you know, kind of soccer mommy, even early Phoebe Bridgers, uh, the influences of artists like Elliot Smith and Bright Eyes and um, that, that, those sort of more um, melodic, introspective tunes, but that were once the the domain of of men I very much seem to be you know getting gra- grabbed up by the gals now which i think is is fantastic mm-hmm. and she seems to be a, a, a very good musician as well as having a, a great grasp of those those very recognizable vocals as well so i'm really excited about her i i hope that um i hope she releases a, a full-length album this year i'd be <sighs> Yeah, well, she signed to Method Records, who have uh, a major label. Um, a, I don't know what you'd call it. Partnership? Deal? Mm-hmm. Um, affiliation. Development, whatever it is. Affiliation? Yeah, probably that. Um, but yeah, very interested to see that, uh, see her develop. It's been a very quick development, but a very clear aesthetic and mm. sound and someone who knows what they're doing. Yes, and for sure. That is always, that is actually the probably, if somebody is trying to make a career out of music, if you can nail those things from the bat off the bat, you'll set yourself up uh, in a good way to, um, uh, I don't know, be a full time musician, full time mm. career. I don't know, whatever you want to say. Are you just recycling talking points from your from your talk earlier in Minute Universe? Maybe it's in my head, but I didn't talk. To, <laughs> I didn't talk about specifics like that. But sure. yeah, maybe you know. Okay, so my next song is uh, another uh, Irish artist, and, and like I said, um, so. We talked there about um, an Irish artist called Spider who uh, was presumed to be making R&B. This next artist is called Effie. She is from, uh, she's 21 years of age and she is from Dublin as well. And uh, she said she uh, strongly resonated with uh, the songwriter Rachel Chinnereri's recent open letter about wrongly, being wrongly stereotyped as an R&B artist. I didn't see that originally, but I just I drew attention to it. Um, and she said when she saw her tweets, I was like, this has been exact my exact thoughts for a while. I get labeled as just straight up R&B, uh, which is definitely something she was quite shocked by. Uh, I feel like, she said, I feel like my music has strong elements of indie alternative bedroom pop. I even make jokes about how a black person could make full on metal music and it still be called alt R&B. I was questioning myself that maybe I was just reading into it too much. So when Rachel put it into words, it was so nice and reassuring to know I wasn't the only one who felt this way. So this is absolutely not an R&B track. This is a, a new song from Effie. Um, it's a bright and summery tune. I'm going to play it now. It is called Kiwi.
Um, okay, that was uh, Kiwi from this artist called Effie. Uh, I feature Effie a number of times, but um, I just really like that song. I think it's got uh, it's got a clear aesthetic as well, and a, a video which uh, features a bear on a forest and uh, worth having a look at. She's supporting JPEG Mafia this weekend in Dublin, and then later in the year uh, supporting Still Woozy in Europe, and you can see her at the likes of The Great Escape and uh, Forbidden Fruit as well this summer. So uh, one to watch out. She has an EP coming out in June called Vitamin C. And uh, so watch out for that. F-E, that's E-F-E. So over to you. Over to me. If you remember us talking about CMAT in our best of February, you'd be right. But you should also remember that we didn't actually get into the weeds of the album, um, which was released in March, believe it or not, uh, even though it feels like it's been out for a long time. So uh, my next choice, my second uh, or my first, excuse me, album choice is If My Wife Knew I'd Be Dead by CMAT. And this song is called Nashville. So that's the first song from If My Wife Knew I'd Be Dead by CMAT. Uh, the song is called Nashville. I think what is so outstanding about this song, and I think so far it's my song of the year, it might change, but it's definitely up there. Um, what's so wonderful about that song is that it encapsulates what CMAT does. I mean, I've talked for a long time about how CMAC kind of, she reels you in with her humor and the memes and the Diet Coke and the Marion Keys references and all of this. But then once she has you in the palm of her hand, she just starts, you know, bearing her soul to you and talking about very difficult uh, topics about, you know, loneliness and relationships and being in your twenties. And, and I know that those, those are well-trodden, um, topics but she just does it in in a way that perfectly kind of gets across well a her talent for songwriting and b her her talent for kind of using her influence as well i love nashville so much um and there's a little i don't i i wouldn't have found this unless i was just scrolling on genius when I was first listening to the song, but she has a little section on this song, you know, a verified commentary from the artist. Um, 
on this song. And she, she says in that commentary, this sums up the whole album, a song that I wrote because I've really, because I have really, really been a very depressed person. I was thinking about the fact that during the times of the most depression, just unable to cope with the world, completely struggling, that I'm the most crack. Um, she talks about um, a podcast that she listened to an episode of You're Wrong About. And there was an episode, um, uh, trigger warning for, for listeners here, just for mentions of suicide. Um, she was talking about um, an episode that she was listening to about a man who had decided to end his life. And um, instead of um, going about it without saying goodbye to anyone, he decided to have a big leaving party and tell everybody that he was moving to California. And he did that. And then, and then he did take his own life. And after hearing that, she, uh, she said that she had this instinctive thought of, if that was me, I would have said I was moving to Nashville. And I think that that's just such a, it's a, it's a wonderful um, take on a very, very sad uh, story. And the song itself doesn't beat you over the head with that mm. story. You know, like you, you, you're listening to the lyrics and you're like, okay, she's obviously not going to Nashville. Um, and there's obviously this sense that there's something else afoot. But I'm really happy that I read that explanation of it because I think it just added, it, it, it confirmed to me that there was something else afoot in this song and that it is an incredibly sad lonely deeply deeply lonely song that is that just has this kind of hopelessness in it um but she does it with this with this sparkle and this shine and i think that that it's it's just such good songwriting it's such terrific songwriting as a, a song that you could listen to and be like oh this is fun yeah we're all going to nashville but you know that that's just she drags you in and then she just kicks the shit out of you she's, she's brilliant very good at that. and she does she does it throughout the whole record like I, I mean this album um i will always associate this album with kind of early 2022 and just that like i, I spoke before about the amazing gig that she did about how elated and excited everybody on twitter was when she was when she went to number one with it and the album is just brilliant. There's not a bad song on it, but I, I really wanted to highlight Nashville in this, in, in this discussion about the album. Um, just because I think it's like to have it as your opener as well. And it, mm. it's, it's also such a scene setter for who CMAT is as an artist, you know, very inspired by, um, country music, but also geographically completely removed from that world um and the loneliness in that in in not having you know contemporaries in her own country who are also making the same kind of music as her you know she doesn't have a scene like like an indie rock scene or a hip-hop scene she's she's sort of an artist out there on her own i don't think she will be for very long um and i'm very excited for the for all of the kind of the the artists that are going to come along that are inspired by CMAT and to, to really get this Irish country music, like Na <laughs> Nashville country um, scene going. I really hope that happens. Um, but, to, but to have it as that scene setter, I think is excellent. I, I think the, the, the album is, um, the, the tracks are ordered very well as well. Um, and 
oh, it's just great. It's just really, really great. And if I need a little lift, I listen to this album. But if I also need a bit of bit of a walk, you know, you're like, yeah, I'll just I'll just go and listen to CMAT. Um, but uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, album, which everybody listening to this podcast knows already. Like, it's, yeah, it's not I won't add too much to it because I've I'm a bit CMATed out at the moment. Not no, just that's fair it's enough. Been a lo- it's been a long road. <laughs> it has. It's <laughs> been a it's really great. long but road. But I was yeah. listening to the album a few days ago. So, you know, I mean, not that sick of it, but, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's great. Uh, that's actually, thank you for that insight, Andrea, because I, I hadn't noticed that, to mm. be honest. Um, so that is really, that does change the, put the song uh, on its head a bit. So, yeah. Um, thanks for that. Yeah. Have another listen to it with that in mind, because I think it does kind of transform how you listen to it yeah i just kind of thought it was this like buzzy opener do you know what i mean mm. i hadn't really listened to it too deeply yet um so yeah yeah <laughs> interesting yeah okay my next track is an album actually it's an album from charlotte edigeri and bolas Papu. it is called topical dancer they are um a belgian duo who are releasing uh released their album in uh, february on dwe and uh this is a song from it called ha ha Okay, we were getting distracted by a cat uh, in the meantime. There, sorry. Whoa, uh, that was Charlotte Didgery and uh, Bolas Popel, uh song called Ha Ha. Probably not the best example, actually, of of what they do, to be honest. Um, but I have, I feel like I've played maybe one or two others on this as well. But the point is, uh, Charlotte Didgery is the the singer or the uh, the uh, the vocalist on uh, this album, and it started as a Charlotte Didgery project and became. Charlotte Didgeri and Bolas Popple, they worked together. They were uh, first started in 2016 working together. Um, I think Solwax actually did put them together uh, for a DWE release. But the album's interesting because it's kind of like that, like kind of modern electronic uh, electro music, but it's got the lyrics are about social media vanity, cultural appropriation again, uh, racism, uh, political correctness. Uh, all the things you'd hear in the dance floor, there's a song called uh, Say Now Pa On Cliché, uh, which is, uh, it uses really cliched lyrics um, in every line, like put your hands up in the air, you know, I was walking down the street and whatever. Mm. Um, there's loads of that kind of stuff in it. And then there's Making Sense Stop, a reference to Talking Heads, of course. And uh, there's loads of that kind of stuff happening. I think it's, yeah, they say it's kaleidoscopic electro pop. Can't say much more than that, really. It is a fine release, uh, 10 tracks. 
um topical dancer uh, it is uh, really good and uh, yeah you may have heard tracks like blenda or thank you is a great song and <laughs> um it's it's about being in the music industry and being told how, what you should do how you should wear your hair oh and she's like thank you for the opportunity for playing this showcase festival it's very important like that we don't get paid for this because it's more important that we you know have the opportunity than getting money you know like so i'm sure there's a lot of uh, showcase music festivals are kicking up again and places like south west are um the places where those things happen so uh you know i'm sure <laughs> i did actually see charlotte didri play uh with Bolas popple in eurosonic in 2020 so all the way back so hopefully they'll be here soon okay over to you over to me my next artist is another artist i've spoken about a lot on this podcast but quite rightly as she's deadly uh this is kinsey with her new track new this month new year sounds like this That's New Year by Kinsey, um, which is a song that I think is great. I always love to see Kira Lindsay releasing great new music. And I feel like she's been on a really good run since her nomination for Song of the Year, Choice Prize for Mr. Nice Guy, which should have won. Um, and I think New Year is, it's great. It's really a kind of dark, chaotic synth pop mm. pop. It's great sound. Um, she does seem to be kind of ramping up towards a bigger release. She's got um, a great music video for this track, which is very cool. We were talking earlier about Amy Michelle having a very certain kind of aesthetic. Kinsey definitely has that as well. Um, dark, dark and chaotic, I think, would be the, the words I'd use again for her. Um, I didn't catch her in, was it The Workman's, The Cellar? She um, no, it was Wheelins Upstairs. I thought the last two songs because oh, I ran down another gig. I did it for the first time in forever. Uh, I ran, yeah, I I did, ran I to did. another gig and yeah. I, did, I didn't catch her at that, but I saw a lot of uh, people who I follow on Instagram putting up uh, videos. And I think if you come across well in Instagram videos, then you played a good gig. Um, and she seemed to be like, there, there seemed to be a lot of people there who knew like all the words to all her songs. So um i think that's great i'm really happy that she is getting good plays good attention from kind of uk media as well um yeah i think i think it's gonna be big yeah we've been playing the great escape as well and Mm. um we'll expect more from her yeah new year is great as well um as you say building up and on from the progress and the songs are getting better and better so yeah lovely to hear 
Okay, my next choice is an artist that I discovered. Uh, I hate the word discovered in a way because no one discovers it. You just hear somebody and you're like, they're great. And then you're like, but it's been a slow discovery for me. Uh, her name is Tom Berlin, and this is a song called Tap. So that was uh, Tom Berlin, who is an artist who is from Florida. Her name is Sarah Beth Tomberlin. Um, I heard a song for, I think I'd heard her before, but uh, there was a song called I Don't Know Who Needs to Hear This, which was on a playlist or maybe it was actually a Hype Machine stack newsletter that we do every week. I think it might have been that. Um, it, that was the one that got me. Uh, it's a forthcoming album. Uh, that is the title track from it. The Tap is, is the second song that followed up. And I really like what I'm hearing there. And I thought you might as well, because it kind of reminds me a little bit of the weather station and half wave and the kind of stuff that you like. Uh, Tom Berlin plays uh, Grand Social, actually, on May 8th. So cool. uh, one to, to maybe have a look at. Sweet. Um, I was about to say, speaking of the weather station, but not yet. First, we have um, Paul Noonan, who simply refuses to stop collaborating with um <laughs> alongside maria kelly paul, come on now. paul you need to stop but i think this is this is good um i don't mind it's fine good man paul i like paul this is good this is the sum of the in-between um uh by maria kelly the postcards version drinker. i'm really bad at holding my own hand and i'm lonely Just about anything that I can to understand you. And I'm okay with that. Maria Kelly and Paul Noonan from the Postcards In-Between version of some of the in-between Maria Kelly's wonderful album uh, that came out last year. Um, 
which I think is lovely. I think this project is going to involve Maria um, collaborating and reimagining uh, each of the songs from her album. Maria imagining. Maria imagining um, her alter ego. Um, reimagining the songs from the song of the in between with different artists. At least I think that's what it is. Yeah, um, there's uh, eleven songwriters who are listed. Eleven, here. yeah. So, the, uh, so it, this is a very, very nice um, introduction to that. I think the piano on it is is lovely. It's a very sweet um, song. If anyone hasn't listened to Maria Kelly's album from the last year, then you should. It's really beautiful. Um, I caught just the end of her when she was of her set when she was supporting Alvaretti in the Button Factory last month. February, I want to say February. Um, and she was, she was really, really great. And I think that this is a lovely arrangement that is just very twinkly, very sweet, very, um, very delicate. I think their voices sound really nice together. And I'm excited to see what, um, what other artists are going to be working on with it because the songs are all so great. Well, will I tell you? Will I tell you who's, who's yeah, go on. Yeah, um, it's Abacaxi, Kieran Lavery, James Fosabagboro, Rosie Kearney, Saint Sister, uh, Shiv Sives, uh, Sammy Copley, Tim Chadwick, and Runa. So there you go. I'm very, um, very and much also this, the this, Saint Sister one. I feel like that would work mm, very well. Indeed. Mm. Um, so there's a, a tour dates for these, which are happening in May, Dublin, Galway, Limerick, Cork, and London. And there's also a pop-up exhibition alongside the postcards in between pop-up exhibition, um, as well as an event that uh, Maria is running with Mining Creative Minds, who are uh, the mental health well-being support for the creative sector. So I really like what she's doing here. That mm. She's trying to do something a bit different, and um, and that's to be applauded for sure. Yeah. And I think as well, you should pick your song because my, my last choice has an asterisk beside it for a particular reason. Okay, right. Um, I'll jump right in then. Um, my last recommendation for this month um, is the album How Is It That I Should Look at the Stars by the Weather Station. And this song is called, <laughs> this song is called Endless Time. So this is a companion album to her last album, is it? Um, does, yes. What does it feel like overall? Is it demos? Is it? It feels uh, how that clip sounded. It's extremely paired back. Yeah, it, it is the um, companion album to Ignorance, which was uh, the 2021 album from the Weather Station, a.k.a. Tamara Lindemann, which is one of our favorite names to name. say. Oh, it's what just name. lovely. Um, and... Lindemann. That that album was a beautiful 
meditation on kind of the state of the world in terms of um, climate anxiety and grief, but kind of through the prism of personal experience. And these these tracks were these are songs that were written during that time, but this it's not a, a B sides or a kind of a off cuts or anything. It's just that these songs didn't fit in with the sound of that other album. Um, that which was recorded or written rather in the winter of uh, of 2018 and the working title for this album definitely gives a clue into what it sounds like overall because the working title was ballads and that's exactly what we get here they're kind of very beautiful meditative ballads that are very personal and reflective and really really produced with a, a, a gentle touch um I I remember I, I was reviewing this for um Arena and I sort of had my opinion on it set, um, which was that I liked it but I didn't love it. And then I remember it was a really beautiful evening and I decided to walk to RTE, which takes about an hour. And I was like, No, I'll walk today. Um and decided that this would be the album that I'd walk with. And like the sun was setting and it was just so nice. And I just, just that experience of, of that, just that walk while listening to the album just completely changed how I felt about it. I think it's, it's one of those albums where if you find yourself in the right setting and mindset and kind of willing to give yourself over to it in, in a way that isn't, I don't know, maybe I was listening to it to get it out of the way or something. Um, but just kind of carving out a bit of a space of kind of liminality where I had nothing else to do except listen to that music in, you know, relative nature, walking along the N11. Um, it just <laughs> sort of, uh, there are trees there, <laughs> but it just... The bucolic, it, the bucolic nature of the N11. <laughs> that's, that's my first EP. <laughs> But um, it just, I don't know, something something in it just clicked with me and I ended up having to kind of frantically change a lot of my notes in the in the little, you know, reception area of the uh, RT radio studios. Um, I'm as just as impressed that you had your notes well and ready to do, to go. Oh, uh, yeah. In time enough that you knew that you'd have, oh, you look, I think I'll walk today because I have an hour. I have an hour oh, yeah, go. yeah. I'm very, I, I take my, take my role very seriously um but but yeah that i think i think that um i think it's an album that you you shouldn't kind of just put on to have listened to it i think it's something that rewards um really spending time with and not having anything else to do while you're listening to it i mean sean rock said that he'd enjoy listening to it while he's doing the last bit of washing up before bed and hey that's that's his jam and that's fine but um but it is, is a, a very beautiful live situation yes that happens to exactly. many people <laughs> but um is there a spotify playlist for that probably not i, I mean there should be <laughs> I'll, I'll make them one um washing up before bed washing up before bed that little that little time um but i mean i still do prefer the the much bigger sound of ignorance which is the, the kind of the other companion album but this has really grown on me a lot um, over over the past, you know, half a month or whatever it was. Uh, half a month. Who says half a month? Anyway, um, 
Niall, what's your your final uh, your final choice and why the asterisks? <laughs> well, I mean, my final choice is sort of is a recommendation, but it's also in any other business because uh, it's an act I manage. His name is Skinner, and uh, this song came out last week. It's called uh, "The Slump." Um, I I think it's great. I would. Uh, I think it's great too, and I don't that. manage him, so. Just I don't say. think it's great, yeah. But see, see this, is the, this is kind of like things I wrestle with. Because I'm like, I obviously like the artist. That's why I'm working with them. Yes. And I like what their music is doing. But it, I also, you know, I also represent them yeah. sometimes. If so this was like, bad okay. and you were managing him, I'd be like, no, no, we're not including him. I'm putting my foot down. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm just doing this for the money. <laughs> and as we all know, there's no money in management. No. So I'm definitely. I'm definitely not doing this for money. But this is uh, this is Skinner, anyway, Skinner. the Swamp. Track came out last Friday. It's kind of this ESG, post-punk, um, James Chance, cool buzz. Uh, Skinner is Aaron Corcoran. Corcoran he's a 24-year-old uh, musician from Kildare. Um, and I really like the vibe of this. Of course, uh, I do. It, it, the vibe is very bouncy. Um, he's playing Workman's on uh, 20th of May, and he's currently sporting Silverbacks uh, on tour as well. So loads of stuff coming up, but May 20th is in Workman's Club. Here's a listen to The Slump. Go back to where you belong So in the great divide I lie between the lines Thought it wouldn't catch me again But it caught me good So good, so good, so good And now I'm in the slump Okay, okay, that is The Slump by uh, Skinner. Yeah, that was Aaron Corker. And, uh, great track came out last week. It's been doing really well. Nice video to it as well. I managed Very Skinner, cool video. So that's, my, that's my asterisk. There you go. And it's time for the rest. We'll sail this podcast into the sunset so we can all go spend uh, our time in the bucolic vistas of the N11 and the canal. <laughs> Uh, respectively yes please um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. what is your reason to be cheerful my reason Andrea, to be please. cheerful is also a plug uh, if anyone is in waterford this saturday i will be at the waterford comedy festival oh yes i won't be doing stand-up don't worry um i will be um helping out our lovely friends uh over on the juvenilia podcast stepping in for sarah uh, on a live podcast it's at 5 p.m on the v2 stage on o'connell street that's o'connell street in waterford not in dublin 
Um, so if anyone's in Waterford is at the comedy festival, come see us. Um, it'll be fun. Yeah. Very good. I didn't know that was happening. Um, yes. Surprised and delighted me. Yes. So, um, it'll, yeah, it'll be great fun. Um, sorry. I'm just, I have a foolhardy festival. Yes. That's called. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very prepared. (laughs) Um, so yeah, come along. That'll be fun. You're stepping in. Yeah. She's stepping in. She's stepping in. Um, yes. What's your reason to be cheerful? Uh, well, my reason to be cheerful right now is that it's still bright out at 7.30pm. Oh, it's glorious, isn't it? We've been through the clock situation, you know. Um, Come here, were we make sense. meant to not be doing that anymore? I remember before the pandemic, there was a load of talk about Ireland not observing daylight savings anymore. And then... Yeah, I thought there was some argument or some at least chatter about it. Yeah, and then the pandemic that. happened and, and nobody was talking about it. Because I thought it was supposed to end yeah. in twenty twenty. I don't know. I I like it. Now, I like oh, the little. I like the little bit of chaos that it causes the next day when the clocks go forward or back, and everyone's a bit like, "Oh, what? What time is it?" Even though all our devices like update automatically, everyone's still a bit hey, like, "Hey, my car doesn't. Your my car, car doesn't. doesn't. My car I have is a on clock, the wrong time. Like I have a real clock in in my living room. I have to change that. It's just a little bit of fun. It's just a bit of ooh." You know? A little bit of fun, yeah. playing with time. We're just, just playing with time. Just Don't worry about it, guys. Time, time doesn't matter. Like twice a year. Yeah, fine. Don't worry about it. We're just so time wacky. is just a construct. Yeah, yeah. It's all fine. Exactly. But it is. Uh, it does. It does matter when it gets brighter in the mornings and the evenings. Like yeah, this. It's for like, sure. It's kind of worth it. Yeah. I definitely felt like uh, I lost some sleep. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, it's been. Fine. I one hundred percent stop being a winter girl maybe mid March, and then I I just go all in on spring. I love spring, so I'm gonna try and gonna try and really love it this year. Well, we had some lovely weather this week, oh, but I might not be staying. But sure, look, it's a glimpse. It's fine. The crow get the, the gar- garden furniture out for a few days. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, the tulips will be out along the N11. Time for planting. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. I'm I'm living in a house now that has a garden, so this is a this is a, oh, a wonderful development for me. I only had a yard beforehand for many years, and I'm very excited is, for you. Uh, things in bloom. There's things happening. It's uh, it is it's it's possibilities. I was like, I kind of went when I saw people outside on over the weekend or on Monday, maybe even it was. I was like. Oh, I know. I understand why people work on their garden when the weather is nice. I know because it gives them something to do. Something That's to really do nice. outside. Yeah, because yeah. it's sort yeah, of like, it's not so, warm enough to kind of sit with a book. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do think you you need to be doing a little bit of movement when it's about you know between thirteen and sixteen degrees. You need to be you need to be moving a little bit. You can't really be sitting. Um, so just doing a little of some weeds. Um, yeah, I'm ordering yeah. new garden furniture. Um, this week, so I'm very excited. Lovely, yeah. Lovely. Anyway, so thanks for listening, everyone. That's plenty. That's plenty. Any, any, any recommendations for us this month? We did today. We would talk about Piranesi, the book. Oh, um, did you finish I it? Out of the library, I did. Yeah. Okay. Did. did you love it? Um, it was great. I enjoyed it so much. I didn't know where it was going. Isn't it like nothing else you've ever read? Yeah, I just it's it's like a fantasy book, but it's not a fantasy book. Mm. But it's kind of like it reminds me of something that I would have read when I was 12 and I would just would have been so gripped by, yeah, you know, yeah. like something that just is, it's grown up, but it's like mystery. It's, it's intrigue. It's fantasy. Yeah. It's, it's not what you think it is. It's so, it's, yeah, uh, it's so it's difficult wonderful. to, I, I try not to 
really explain it to people when I'm recommending it, which is often I, because if you say like, oh, it's fantasy, it just nothing can kind of really you know, get, yeah. get into the weeds of what it is, but it's, uh, it's it, a truly it certainly singular does transport book. you to a completely different place, um, different which place. is also, um, you know, it's unusual yeah. to find something like that. I think if if you liked Piranesi, um, there, the, the book I read straight after it, cause I was reviewing both of them. And I just so happened to kind of read them in succession. Um, there's another book, <laughs> there's a book by Bridget Collins called the betrayals. Um, which is, I found it similar in its kind of, in its world building. Don't read too much about it before you read it, but um, it's similarly sort of uh, um, very creative in terms of the world that it builds, how much it trusts you to do a lot of the work. Like, you know, the way in Piranesi, if things mm. aren't being, you know, completely laid out for you and explained there's a bit there's yeah. there's a lot of you kind of doing the work and bringing a bit of yourself to the story the betrayals does that really really well um so i'd i'd highly recommend that i remember reading those two in tandem um great i have a, a couple of um recommendations uh there's a book called the school for good mothers that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks uh, it's kind of a dystopian um book about a woman who has her child taken away from her um because she left the baby on her own um for two and a half hours and top deck services taken away but they're also trialing this school for good mothers um it's a little bit handmaid's tale um a little bit um what was that it was a Edel coffee's book um Oh, I didn't read that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Breaking Point. A little bit of that in it as well. It's a very, very good book. Um, let me just find the name of the author because I can't remember it now. The School for Good Mothers, uh, Jessamine Chan. Um, it's great. I re- I absolutely devoured it. Um, I think my review of it is going to be out on Sunday in the Business Post if anyone's interested in reading it. Uh, on TV, I've been watching Pieces of Her. Um which is a drama with Tony Collette in it on Netflix. It's good. Yeah. Pops on fine. Absolutely grand. Um, Bridgerton season two was boring. Um, absolutely no chemistry. Where's all the sex gone? I'm not here for all of these words. I'm just very boring. Um, but com- completionists should watch it, I guess. And I want the only one of the, Apart from Dune, the only one of the Oscar films that I watched was The Power of the Dog, um, which had no dogs in it, um, but was very good. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic film, I thought. Yeah, I thought um, it was excellent. I thought it was really wonderful. And I am not a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, seems yeah. like a nice guy, but I'm, I, I generally find it hard to watch something and not be like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch is doing some acting, you know? Um, but I found his performance really gripping and quite um, quite disturbing. I thought I thought he was great. Mm. Um, yeah, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. He was the, the center of that as well. I think yeah. Kobe Smith McPhee was obviously. Oh my god! Well, what a, what a revelation! What yeah, a lovely a lovely brilliant. boy. And then obviously everyone's girlfriend, Kirsten Dunst, was outstanding. So yeah. Did you watch any of the great. Oscar noms? Um, the other one, I did see Dune. I think Dune f- very much feels like the first of a yet, you know, mm-hmm. a, tr- a trilogy to come. So it's kind of hard to 
say on its own. I don't know yeah. if it should be nominated for Best Picture. I think a nomination's um, want- fine. Had it won, I would have been a bit like, oh. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd seen Dog Look Up, of course, which is... Oh, uh, sorry, you know, I have um, seen that, yeah. Pertinent based on uh, what actually happened at the Oscars and what people ended up talking about and what happened the next day. Oh my God, did um, you see with... that Will Smith punched um, or slapped Chris oh, Rock? Did you see that? Did you know that that happened? Oh God. Did you not enjoy it? <laughs> oh my God. I'm just so sick of it now. Like two days, three days ago. Uh, I'm so sick of it. Mike, um, Michael Fry Belfast, on, I never on his Instagram, see. Um, like that night, he put up like a video of him talking to the camera and he was just like, this has been the best day for Twitter, like ever, like better than the, you know, 30 to 50 feral hogs, like better than the toy show and the Eurovision, because everything was just, the memes were so good. I got no work done on Monday. I swear to God, I was just on Twitter. It was such a good day for it. It was great. Enjoyed it. I'm glad you had a good time. It was great. (laughs) It's just great. I tuned out. I tuned out pretty quickly, but you couldn't really tune out. Um, no. Um, okay. What else did I, What else happened, or what else did I watch? Um, oh yeah, bookwise, um, this woman's work, essays on music, uh, yeah. by Sinead Giggs and Kim Gordon's out next week. Um, we both have preview copies of it, and uh, very much worth to read. I've read a bit Definitely. of it so far. Really nice. And uh, former guest of the show, uh, Liz Pelly, is in that as well, along with her sister Jen. Uh, worth having a look at. Um, movie wise, I watched Lamb. Have you seen Lamb? No, I haven't. Seen um, Lamb. It was on movie, and um, thought it was going to be a horror. It's more of a folk tale. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Didn't really get where it went, but um, okay, yeah, it was. It was strange atmosphere set in Iceland stuff happens with children and not children um, okay. and a family uh, who are looking after a child of sorts <laughs> anyway um, TV show uh, Love is Blind season 2 was absolutely brilliant and uh, something that I'm yeah. so glad I watched oh, uh, I'm uh, happy because I enjoy the shit the chaos that, uh, piece of trash <laughs> that's your man's name <laughs> yeah. who I hated at the beginning and then I loved Sh- Shane, oh, um, is it? The blonde hair, the Shane, like puppy the, man. Yeah, so he yeah, just yeah. wanted to wear a cape at his wedding. She's like, oh, can I wear a cape? And his fiance's like, what are you? <laughs> what are you? He's so funny. Doesn't believe in pensions. Just like doesn't no. believe in them. And I think he's onto something. Chaotic energy, for sure. Huge chaotic Labrador say- energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, some would say cocaine energy, perhaps, but that's what it felt like for, to me. <laughs> Allegedly. Look, who knows? Oh, speaking who of knows? cocaine, Allegedly. did you see Liam Payne? <laughs> Allegedly. Um, with his new Dutch accent? No. Oh, did you not see that? Oh, my God. Right. I I, I won't explain it because every, everyone's already seen it, but um, go look up Liam Payne, the Oscars, and just enjoy. He's He's... He's got a new accent and he's not afraid to show it. Um, Great. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'm enjoying at the moment is We Crash, which is a bit silly, but um, it's about uh, We Work and it stars Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. Oh, yeah. And it's a bit ridiculous, but it's about the um, about We Work and the toxic uh, toxic wellness culture of uh, of building. Uh, unicorn companies in mm. the world now who churn. Yeah, that whole story is wild. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. My um, my last recommendation is the game Tunic, um, which is wonderful. Um, it's a mix between 
uh, you play a little fox going on a little adventure and it's a mix between kind of Legend of Zelda and Dark Souls. It's very, very hard. Um, I haven't completed it yet. It's apparently like a 20 to 25 hour game, but I, I don't play games. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at it, but it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's out on the Xbox pass thing. Um, and also you can get it on Steam. I do, my laptop runs it on Steam, so it's not it's not really big. Um, and it's just absolutely beautiful and lovely. And if anyone's self-isolating with COVID at the moment, it, it really got me through the first four days of, of having COVID. So highly recommend that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, my other reasonably cheerful oh. and and uh, live experience was that I took my dad to see Sam Fender last week because he's oh, a big yeah. fan of Sam Fender. That's adorable. So, it was a bit random. I'll be honest. I didn't expect him to like Sam Fender. He asked me, could he go? Because yeah. uh, he couldn't get a ticket because it was sold out. Because Sam Fender is absolutely massive. He is very popular. Very popular. Yeah. Mm. You wouldn't believe how popular it is. But um, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was just great being in the tree reunion again. And, you know, he's a Springsteen, a, swang, a songwriter in the, in the style of Springsteen as well. And look, there's nothing wrong with that really. And no. uh, he has good range and... Uh, lovely voice and uh he writes you know he reminds me of a bit of like there's a damien dempsey kind of vibe to him in the way that he writes songs about uh young men and uh troubled young men and expressing feelings and uh you know rejecting toxic masculinity so do you know what it is about sam fender he like seems sam like he has a good head in his shoulders he does just always good a nice lad <laughs> like that george, george Ezra as well just a good head in their shoulders you know i know <laughs> just you know not interested in their music but seem seem to be seem to be doing okay with the whole yeah, thing yeah lovely and, lights that's like good for them he's like if you have nothing if you have nothing good to say don't say anything at all right okay that's <laughs> right, our we'll leave it there we'll leave it there for this Goodbye. week yeah it's still bright and we're off and we'll talk to you next week thanks thanks, Andrea. thanks everybody bye bye talk to you soon Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.